Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the KWUR Theater of the Air. I'm one of your two hosts, David Reinstrom. And my name is David Brunel Brutman. And shouting to you into the ether, we bring you today's theme... For kids! Oh, it's gonna be the greatest, most ginchiest show? You have no idea, listeners. Everything on today's show is so kid-friendly, and and it's just delightful and whimsical. There is there's nothing about this show that is creepy or dark or, or horrifying cynical. in any way, shape, no. or form. Not at all. Not at all. So what are we starting with? The newest episode of Simon Cold. For kids! For kids! There are kids in this one. This episode's all about kids. This episode is all about kids. It's about, uh... Kids and mine and safety. mining, yeah, mine safety. That's a current topic, actually. And witches. Yeah, so we we're we're being kid friendly, and we're engaging current events, because that's what you expect when you tune into the Kworth Theater of the Air. You expect that quality programming for children uh, of all ages, and uh, from two to nine hundred and two. Right, that deals with mining safety. That's that's why that's our target audience. We is, should have uh, another pledge drive, Dave. We should. Remember all those tote bags we sold? That was a good that was a good gimmick. Yeah. I I want a Kworth Theater of the Air tote bag. That'd be pretty sweet. I would bring it to the beach. What would you tote in it? I would tote uh Dan a, Brown novels. I would tote a Kworth Theater of the Air water bottle. Yes. Uh and that exists. I would have in it my iPod with Kworth Theater of the Air podcasts on it. Loaded up. Available, of course, on our website at <laughs> ding <laughs> at kwerradiotheater.wordpress.com. Or on our podcast feed, <laughs> searching for us in the iTunes store. Uh, you can search for either of our names, of course, uh, or um, you see that? Kwer. Did you like that segue? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was so smooth. Let's, just, let's just play the newest Simon Cole. Okay. Thing. Uh, so this is an episode of Simon Colt entitled Simon Colt and the Cry of the Cat. Yes. Enjoy. Tea is good for you, but only with sugar. I lost a finger to the tombstone witch. The left pinky, down to the second knuckle. Could only count to nine and a half after that. Miss Ivanova? Such formality. I prefer Saveta. Now drink the tea. No, thank you, ma'am. I will not have it said that Severta Ivanova did not treat a guest to tea. Drink. Now, scarred man, what is it for you? A fortune, perhaps? A lost treasure? No, a lost love. Even better. Come into my parlor. We'll find you a nice scarred woman. <laughs> That's awful kind, miss, but I'm not looking for a woman. Where's the fun in finding what you are looking for? Finding something you never expected. There is happiness. Ah, here we are. In this little bottle, the tears of a hundred maidens mixed with wildflower. One drink of this and your woman will want you more than a horse once a... Five cents. That's not what I'm here for. You drive a hard bargain. Four cents. I want some information. And you also want this bottle. Now at a reasonable price of three cents. Buy it. You won't hold the girl by your looks alone. I'll make you a deal. Buy, then we'll see about your information. All right. Three, you said? You have a reputation for finding things. It is one reputation I am proud to hold, yes. The Livingstone family on Jewel Street have lost something pretty important. They told me to come to you to find it. 
and Livingstones. This name I remember. Husband and wife, young couple, no? I was their midwife a few weeks ago. Children are such joys. What they lose? Their child. Several days ago, someone took it from its cradle. It is a sad thing to lose a child. Yasha! The cat is hungry! Thought you lived alone. It is too hard a world to live alone. I take care of Yasha, and he takes care of my cat. I saw you stare at him as he walked past. He's okay. I often think God made Yasha because he was tired with making people that all looked alike. A hunchback. But strong as an ox and good at heart. You are kind not to show disgust at him. But with your scars, I would think Yasha's form does not start well. Miss Livingstone said you could help me find this baby. I can. But wouldn't you rather have your fortune told? No, thank you. I'll find it out soon enough. Saveda, the Livingstones already paid me a tidy sum in good faith. Uh... You are a man who doesn't disappoint. This way, scarred man. I know it was here. I... I did it here last. Ah, here it is. Put this piece of rope around the little finger on your left hand. Yes, good and tight. It will lead you to the boy. Thank you kindly, miss. And, uh, for your services? You will pay me in time, Scarred Man. Safe travels. Yasha the cat! I went back to the Livingstones. They lived close to Boot Hill, a cemetery famous for dead outlaws. If Tombstone was the town too tough to die, Boot Hill was where they sent those who weren't tough enough. Out there were all the great bandits and the Livingstones. Just two settlers who went about civilizing the West with family life. Mr. Colt. Mr. Livingstone. Here, I'll see to your horse. Well, uh, did you see her? The tombstone witch? Yeah, I saw her. Did she say anything? Or give you anything? Yeah. Is Mrs. Livingstone in? Yeah, she's in her room. Actually, she's been in her room for quite some time. To be honest, she's acting strangely. Losing a child would do that. Yeah, but she just stares. I think she's angry at me for not wanting to get the sheriff involved. But my restaurant's new in Tombstone, and if I call the sheriff, there will be talk. I understand, Mr. Livingstone. I knew you would. You have a reputation for discretion. In my work, a talkative man is a dead man. <laughs> yeah. It's just Catherine. I'm sorry, Mrs. Livingstone. She's... Starting to scare me. I'll talk to her, Mr. Livingstone. You haven't found him yet, have you, Mr. Colt? Uh, no, Mrs. Livingstone. He had blue eyes. Mrs. Livingstone? Adam. My baby. He has blue eyes. I went to see the witch, Mrs. Livingstone. And yellow hair. My husband tells me I'm not myself lately. How would he know who I am? I wouldn't know, ma'am. Do you have any children, Mr. Colt? My work seldom gives me the time for children, ma'am. That doesn't answer my question, but you're free to keep your secrets. Daniel and I always wanted children. Our families went west together. He used to pick me flowers and talk about the restaurant he would build. He doesn't talk to me anymore. Just stands in the doorway, looking at me with rabid eyes. Adam has blue eyes. I don't know where he got them. 
The tombstone witch gave me something to help find your boy. Let me see it. How does it work? I'm not sure. I looked at her and thought about Adam. My finger jumped. Mr. Cole? I thought about those blue eyes and my finger almost tore my hand off. It kept pulling me in one direction and one direction only. It only stopped when I stopped thinking of Adam. Is something wrong, Mr. Cole? No, but I think I just figured out how to find your son. I got on my horse and rode off, my pinky pulling me along like a cart hitched to a mule. It didn't get far, only to the mines that dotted the outskirts of Tombstone. I was led all the way to the middle of a mining camp, and then the pull stopped. No matter how much I tried, the witch's charm would lead me no further. It was a hot day, and the miners were taking a siesta. Look, boys, a man uglier than we are. <laughs> I was younger then, still making my name. At that time, my scars got me into more trouble than they kept me out of. You're funny, mister, but not that bright. <laughs> yeah? How's that? It's never smart to insult a man you don't know. You could get into all kinds of trouble doing that. Why don't you come up here and greet me proper? You aiming for a fight, mister? If that's how you do greetings around here. <laughs> all right, then. Be mighty impolite of me not to say hello. <laughs> <laughs> There. Now that we're all uh, acquainted, I'm looking for something. A baby, a couple of weeks old. Sorry, mister. None of us have had our eyes peeled for anything but gold and silver for months now. But, uh, old Turner always seems to have young uns helping him with mining. Almost treats him like slaves. He's a pretty enterprising man. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't put it past him to give a baby a sifting bed and put him to work <laughs> on the river. <laughs> What's his first name? Uh, Nelson. Uh, most folks call him the bull on account of his size. His claim's up near those rocks. Much obliged. I think I'll go pay Mr. Turner a visit. Mm -hmm. Sorry about your friend. Oh, it's no trouble, mister. Nothing passes the time faster on a hot day like a fight. Are you Nelson Turner? Yeah, I'm also busy. Tim, get those buckets over to Sam and the boys. I'm looking for something. Me too. It happens to be yellow and is harder to find than an honest whore. Blondie, take these rocks and break them for the cradle rockers. Yes, sir. You're working these boys a little hard, Nelson. No harder than if they was on a farm. Uh, they don't have to smell horse manure doing this. Three finger. Yeah? How are the panners coming out? Not bad. A couple ounces. Good. Keep them at it. This river's got more than fish in it. Yes, sir. How many children you got in this outfit? A uh, baker's dozen. Yours? Nope. Mr. Turner, I'll be blunt. Family out in Tombstone lost a babe recently, and you seem to have a slew of children that aren't yours. A couple of your neighbors think you run a slave camp up here, and from what I've seen, I'd have to agree. Three finger. Boss? My friend here, Mr. Colt. Mr. Colt needs a few things explained to him. I want you to keep an eye on the mine shaft over there. I don't like the way the wood's creaking. Right, boss. Mr. Colt, my neighbors are damned liars who are looking to jump my claim. These boys are orphans, and not fewer runaways. One I was just given by a family with too many mouths and not enough food. There are places for orphans in town. Yeah, where they can be penned in like cattle. Tombstone's not a place for children, Simon. It's a place for miners. Here you either grow up or go hungry. That babe could be anywhere, Mr. Colt. Why single me out? 
Call it a hunch. And even if the babe isn't here, I hate to see a grown man getting rich off children. You're not a miner, are you, Mr. Colt? Neither was I until I went west when I heard there was money in the ground. I settled in Tombstone, because that's where the latest strike was, but this never happened to be a rich vein. You know what miners call this place? No. The graveyard, because it's where they done buried their hopes. Then why stay? Well, at first it was because I was too poor to leave. Now I'm not even sure what to do with the money if I had it. I've worked for so long. The work's better than the gold. It feels good to pound away at the rock. You see that mine shaft over there? Yes. I remember when it was just the side of the hill. Now it's the center of a goddamn mining operation. I'll be gone one of these days, but by God, that hole will still be there. All the bankers in New York City can't say the same about their greenbacks. A damn fine sight. Just look at the crew working out of it. Why they... Seems like they're doing more running than working. You're right. Well, it's, it's the mine shaft. The scaffolding's falling apart. All the boys out? No, some of the wood gave way already. They strapped and the whole mine sounds like it's ready to bury them. These are children, Nelson, not miners. And they're about to be dead if we don't help them. Come on. Boys, are you down there? Yeah, we're trapped. Don't fret. We'll have you out soon. Colt, help me with these rocks. Almost got it. There. Jamie. Whoa. How many of you are back there? Just me and Gus. He's breathing, but he won't wake up. Don't worry. We'll widen this hole a bit, then carry him out of there. This rubble's the only thing keeping this cave from falling. You widen that hole, you'll cause a collapse. If we don't get Gus out of there, he's a goner. Colt, widen that hole and carry him out. I'm big enough. I can hold this part of the mine up until he's out. Then I'll come after you. This mine's no place for children, Nelson. Looks like God agrees with you. Now start moving. This hill's getting heavy, Colt. I almost got it. God damn. I can just reach him. Hurry up. Just a little longer. There. I got him. Let's go, Nelson. <laughs> Where's Nelson? Dad's under some rocks. You gotta help us pull him out. Thought you boys was orphans. Most of us are. Then why are you calling Nelson your dad? He's the closest thing to a dad we'll ever get. All right, where is he? Not far. You were close to the mouth when it fell. I see him. Nelson! Nelson, are you all right? Is our dad dead, mister? No, he's breathing. But it's shallow. Is there a doctor in town? He's gone to visit Ken. Won't be back for a few days. Your dad needs doctoring quick. Has anyone seen my horse? Closest thing to a doctor is a medicine woman out by Boot Hill. Little Thunder. But she won't take him. Why not? She don't treat white men. I rode out past Boot Hill, past all those graves. I spotted a teepee to the east. As I rode up, a young woman walked out of it. Hold. She had a rifle. I pulled this man out of a cave-in. He needs help. Then go to a doctor. He's not available. Neither am I. You'll let him die. Do not expect compassion, white man. Your kind has shown none before and should expect none in return. Let me tell you what's going to happen. You're going to look at this man. You're going to help him. No. Here is what happens. 
I aim my gun at your head. No, your knee. And pull the trigger. Your leg is ruined, and I leave you and your friend to die out here in the desert. Never bluff a card player. I can see from here that old Kentucky rifle has no trigger. The only thing it's loaded with is rust. Can't say the same for mine. I'm not afraid of death. No. It's life you're afraid of. That's why you live near a cemetery. Something happened that filled you so full of hate that the only people you can stand to live near have six feet of desert sand to keep them warm on cold nights. No wonder you want six feet of your own. You know nothing. My gun must look like your best friend right now. You can tell who a person is by their reaction to a loaded gun. I've seen bruisers turn into children at the side of this barrel, but you're twice the coward they are. There is no cowardice in facing death. But you ain't facing it. You're accepting it. Death ain't a friend. He's a hard, cold bastard with an appetite. Fighting him's what living is all about. And that makes you a coward. A coward? Yep. Because you have the chance to save not just this man, but his children and their children. You have a chance to save a whole tribe, but you'll throw it away because of hate. That's cowardly. Bring the man here. How's he look? He is hurt, but he will not die. This doesn't change anything, white man. She worked on him for hours. I have done all I can for him now. He will rest here a few days. The look she gave me could have frozen water. That's one cold stare you have, miss. I often stare coldly at murderers. How you figure that? All white men are murderers. In my experience, most men are murderers, regardless of their color. That is what I think of your quick tongue. You say I am hateful, but I have reason for my hate. My tribe is Apache. They saw the white man come and thought it was just another tribe with a new color. We traded with them, fought with them, stole from them, as all tribes of men do. Then one day, the army came with rifles and cannons. After that day, there were many widows and orphans. That day, I decided to make myself my own tribe. When I die, there will be no mourners. No husband to cry for company or child to cry for food. Just the desert. I came here to die, not to be bothered by miners. I'm not a miner. I've been hired to find a lost child, a boy. With the charm I see on your little finger? Yes. Then you will be looking in all the wrong places. Its magic will only lead you to where the charm maker wishes. What are you talking about? I have seen such charms before. It is a string made from human hair. Got it from the tombstone witch. She told me it would lead me to the boy. That it will not do. It is only a piece of herself that she can use to control you. <sighs> it won't come off. I did not think it would. It is old magic, from a land to the east. It will only come off with the consent of its maker. Or if you cut off your finger. I have lost enough pieces of myself over the years. I'll see if I can't convince the witch to get it off and to tell me why she led me to an innocent man. You'll uh, look after my friend? Only rest will help him now. I'm coming with you. That's surprising, miss. I was getting the impression you like to be kept alone. The world has been cruel to me, scarred one. 
but you will face magic to reclaim the boy, and you will not survive it by yourself. Without me, the child will remain lost. The child is what? He is innocent above all else. All right, little thunder. Let's go. It was a day's ride to Savita's hut. Little Thunder could have been riding alone for all the conversation she gave me. We came in just as the sun set. The sky was blood red as we walked up to the house. Here, take this pistol. If things get ugly, you'll need it. I have a knife, but something tells me neither will harm this witch. Ah, Scarven Man, you have found an Indian girl. Have you also found the child? No. All I found was a man who was perfect to blame for a kidnapping. Your charm led me right to him. I want to know why. Right now. Oh, Scarden Man, you forget you wear my charm on your finger. It is a simple thing, a small thing, a bit of my hair wound into a loop. Little Thunder, do something. She seems not to care. Oh, Simon, you shouldn't have come back. I once helped Nelson find a rich claim. I know all about his orphans. He was the perfect scapegoat. I had hoped the Gaven would have stopped you. What do you mean? I used magic to make the earth itch. You should have died in the ground. Now Yasha will have to dig your grave. Do not touch him, witch. So the girl has it done. I have more than that. Ah, student of magic. It has been some time since I have dueled. It is a crime to make an old woman work so hard. Yasha, break the scarred man's neck while I deal with her. Now what's in your soul, girl? The strength of my people, the power of the wilderness, and the wolf. Spirit animals are only as powerful as you remember them to be. You see wolves all the time, so your wolf is only as strong as the real thing. In the old country, I saw a bear only once, when I was little. Bear is big, but to a child it is enormous, as big as God. Yasha came into the house then. As he turned to me, I could feel the witch's grip weakening. Little Thunder was wearing her down. Little Thunder, throw me your knife! Your ancestors can't help you, girl. The East was old when this land was young. My mother's country is a place of ice and iron, of cold winds, of death. Yasha was coming toward me like a bull, and I knew I had only one chance. While Saveda was distracted, I could move again. I took the knife, put it to my finger, and... When Yasha came at me, I was ready, and so was my knife. Stop! You'll kill Yasha! You'll kill my boy! Your boy? Yasha is your son? Yes! Then unless you want to see what his insides look like, you'll start talking. Where's the baby? He's here. What did you do to him? Why is he crying like that? I did nothing to him. He was born this way. What do you mean? I have been a midwife for many years, and I know this. Some babies are joys, but others are a curse. There are children who are born wrong. Most do not survive, but some do, like my Yasha. God was cruel to Yasha, and my husband wanted to end the baby's life. I refused. My husband left. After that, it was like I was in an ocean. I would float to one village just as easily as the next. I had no reason to stay. And eventually you floated right over the Atlantic. America, a land of gold and silver. Imagine, my boy with gold rings. But there was no gold and no money. And I kept going west, farther and farther, until I came to Tombstone. 
I stayed here and practiced my craft. And I was a midwife to another boy like Yasha. I could not bear to think of what the parents would do to him. So a week after he was born, I stole him and hid him from his parents. They grieved but had others. I cared for the child until it died, as such children often do. I can see the Livingstones, child. There's nothing wrong with him. Some children look normal, but inside they are all wrong. I have heard that cry before. This child will either wither and die, or grow misshapen like Yasha. Such children age you, scarred man. My Yasha aged me. I could not let it happen to the Livingstones. They are too young. All right. It is all right, Yasha. What will you do with us? I'll let you leave Tombstone and never come back. And the child? He comes with me. It's not your decision what happens to him. I was doing right, scarred man. Leave, Saveda. Come along, Yasha. Little Thunder, are you all right? I'll live. Why did you help me? When I heard the witch threatened to bury you, your eyes were empty of fear. You too wished to die. But the child, your worry was the child. If you'll excuse me, I don't want to keep the living stones waiting. Come along, Adam. I rode straight to the living stones. Mr. Cole. Where's Mrs. Livingstone? Uh, still in her room. Why? I've got someone she'd like to meet. Mrs. Livingstone, I believe this is yours. Adam, my boy. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, sir. You're a saint. Thank you, Mr. Colt. Ma'am, sir. Leaving? Oh, <laughs> stay. I'll cook you whatever you want. No thanks. I better be moving. Best of luck with your boy. Oh, Daniel, listen to him cry. Just like a little cat. I never saw the Livingstones again, so don't ask me what happened to their boy. I'd like to think the witch was wrong. A man's got to have some hope in this world. Of course, it wouldn't have been so bad for their boy to die. My next story proves that death ain't always permanent, and that it gives you one hell of a hunger. Down in Mangrove Bend, the dead walked. I should know. I got scars on my palm that won't let me forget. You're listening to the K-Wear Theater of the Air here on KWUR 90.3 FM, Clayton. We're going to take a short musical break, and then we'll be right back. Every morning at 7 o'clock there were 20 terriers a-drilling in the rock And the boss come along and he says, keep still, come down heavy on the cast iron bill and bill And he married a lady six feet round She baked good bread and she baked it well But she baked it hard as the holes in hell And Billy Terrier's Bill Billy Terrier's Bill Well, it's work all day for the sugar in your chain Down behind the railway And Billy Terrier's Bill And blast and fire 
was Gene McCann. By God, he was a blame mean man. Last week, a premature blast went off. A mile in the air went Big Jim Goff. And Billy Terriers Bill. Billy Terriers Bill. Well, it's worked all day for the sugar in your tea. Around Jim Goff, a dollar short was found when he asked what for came this reply. You'll be done for the time you was up in the sky. And Billy Terriers Bill, Billy Terriers Bill, but it's worth all day for the sugar in your tea down behind the railway. And Billy Terriers Bill, and blast and fire. Welcome back. Uh, it's time now for a public service announcement for kids. Children are naturally curious. They want to learn, so follow their lead. If they like to help out in the kitchen, let them stir the spaghetti sauce or count the eggs. While doing laundry, fold in a lesson about colors and shapes. Simple learning games can be fun for both of you. Everyday moments are learning moments. It's easy. And when you talk with your child, you build vocabulary. Learning starts long before school does. For more tips, go to bornlearning.org. This is a public service announcement brought to you by United Way, the Ad Council, and KWUR, Clayton, 90.3 FM. All right, this is the K-Word Theater of the Air. For kids! For kids! Oh, what a great day. Yep, I, I think we can all agree that that episode of Simon Colt that we played, Simon Colt and the Cry of the Cat, was definitely for kids. It was kid-friendlier than any toy made in China in the last decade. Oh, that wasn't really David Reinstrom, ladies and really gentlemen. That was... He uh, he lives in my roof. <laughs> I'm so thirsty. I can't taste salt anymore. What? Lead oh, poisoning. Lead poisoning. Yeah, right. Um, have I told this story on the air? The one about the the Roman Roman recipe. The Roman, Roman recipes. I think so. But yeah. summarize it again. Okay. Well, there were some archaeologists and. Um, they had some recipes that they'd found for no, a Roman. No, 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 Dave, you got to say it like it's on a kid's show. Listen to the music. Once upon a time, there were some archaeologists. What's an archaeologist? Okay. An archaeologist is some dude. Who digs in the dirt for dead things? Yes. Hi. My neighbor's one of those. Okay, so there were these archaeologists. He found his wife out they there. Fa- that is not an archaeologist, David. Oh. So... Uh, there were these archaeologists, and they found a recipe for a Roman feast. Uh, and so they made it, and they they started eating it, and it was so salty that they literally could not eat it. But the recipe, the measurements were accurate, and what they figured out is uh, you cannot, when you have lead poisoning, you have difficulty tasting salt. And so they thought that the Romans probably all had lead poisoning, from their lead pipes that, you know, they have those big aqueducts that they bring water to and from Roman with cities. With a length pipe. With a length pipe. Length pipe. Length pipe. And so they think that all the Romans had lead poisoning and couldn't taste salt. So that's the story. For, For kids! <sighs> what else do we have on the uh, on the agenda for kids. Here's what we we have our most kid I guess, friendly sketch. I guess what is what is the agendum? 
what is the next agendum? What? Uh, in in Latin, um, uh, agenda means or agendum means like that which must be done, right? So an 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 agenda is just a list of things that must be done, hmm. just literally. So it's not what's on the agenda; it is technically what is the agenda. Thank you for those fun facts. Not that you ever really need to worry about that kind of proper usage. Because really, I I would never need to worry about that. I'm are you are you serious? Wow! You're gonna wake up with a boot mark. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm I'm a jerk. I was just singing a song. I don't know why. Why? So next up, we have arguably our most kid-friendly sketch. For kids! For kids! I cannot stop doing that. Mr. Jeffrey's Nearby Residence. I love this. I love this one. Yeah, This is an old one, too. We've been, we did this freshman year. Didn't we? Freshman or sophomore year? Yes. No, we definitely did it freshman year. Yeah. It's from a long time ago. I, I, hope, you, I, I hope you enjoy it. Kick it. Hello there, nearby residents. It's me, Mr. Jeffries. Welcome to my living room. Just let me put on my cardigan, and we can get started. The first thing we'll do today is feed my Kurt Russell Terrier, Femur. Hello there, boy. Now let's get you some delicious kibble. Ah, uh, there you are, Femur. Now you enjoy that. Bark, bark! I love kibble. <laughs> Gee, thanks, Mr. Jeffries. You're very welcome, Femur. Now let's take a look around and see what we have to do today. Here's my bookshelf, where Femur here reads a story every week. And here's the River of Dreams, a magical waterway that flows from my house to the land of implausibility. And who's that coming down the river? Why, it's my tiny friend, Mr. Gondolier. Uh, hello, Mr. Jeffries. How are you today, my black and white striped friend? Oh, just a little down in the mouth. I spend all my time putting the gondola back and forth up and down the river. And what for? I always end up in the same place. Blimey, it's depressing. Well, sometimes it's okay to be sad, Mr. Gondolier. Thank you, Mr. Jeffries. I just... I just don't know where the life is going. Your life is going to the land of implausibility, Mr. Gondolier. And you're taking all of my nearby residents with you. In their imaginations, that is. You can't actually fit them all in that teeny tiny little gondola of yours. I know. It's all so depressing. I'm all alone in the world. I mean, I'm the only eight-inch tall person I know. I'll never find love. Okay, off you go, Mr. Gondolier, to the land of implausibility with you. Off to visit Mrs. Crumpet and the Snuffets. I might as well just jump in the river and swim. What's the use of a boat with no one in it? Well, here's the land of implausibility, I guess. Everybody off, metaphysically. Blimey, if it isn't Mr. Jeffrey's nearby residence. Hello, all of you, and isn't it a lovely day for us all? Well, it is Thrumble's Day. Of course it is. Thrumble's Day, the best day of the week. I like Thrumble's Days almost as much as I love Woggle Days. Here in the land of implausibility, every day is a happy day, and there are no taxes, and everybody votes Green Party. But I digress. The Snuffets and I were just about to make Schmuggleberry muffins. Isn't that right, Snuffets? Yes! Schmuggleberries! They're the most delicious things ever! Schmuggleberries! Oh, you Snuffets are just too cute with your adorable tongues.
up the orange heads and your little powder puff tails. Will you be staying for muffins, Mr. Gondolier? No, they're far too large to fit in me boat. They'd sink it straight off, they would. Also, I'd become a giant fatty if I ate even one. I mean, they're like twice me size. That's like eating a telephone booth, that is. No, no, Mrs. Crumpet. I'll just row away on the river drains, off into the clear blue waters decked with rainbows. <sighs> Goodbye, Mrs. Crumpet. Goodbye, Snuffies. Goodbye, Mr. Gondolier. Snuffets, we need some snoogleberries for these snoogleberry muffins. Let's take a look at the map. Now, according to our handy-dandy map, the snoogleberry grove is on an island in the middle of the Lake of Whiskey, which we shall bypass with the Bridge of Temperance. Yeah! Yay! Let's cross the bridge! To the bridge! Bridge, bridge! Mrs. Crumpet! Mrs. Crumpet! What is it, Susie Snuffet? The bridge is out. How will we ever cross the Lake of Whiskey without the bridge? Wait, look! It's out there! Boys, hurry the hovercraft! We're saved! Yay! Yay! Hey, kids! Looks like you need a ride. Are you making strawberry muffins? You bet, Mr. Anthropomorphized Hovercraft with a windshield for eyes. Well, I'll take you all across the Lake of Whiskey and back. As long as you promise to give me a muffin. Why, I'd do anything in the world for one of your strawberry muffins, Mrs. Crumpet. <laughs> oh, you can't. Come on, kids. Everyone climb aboard. Let's go. Yay! And away. We are on Snoogleberry Island. Off you go, Snuffets. Snoogleberry, 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 It's an ogre. And he's guarding the Snoogleberries. Silence. You came here for Snoogleberries, but you shall have none. They are mine, all mine. This is my Snoogleberry Grove. Now, hold on just one minute. Who do you think you are to talk to my snuffets like that? I am Oliver the Ogre, and nobody can pick these snoogleberries but me. But these snoogleberries belong to everybody. They're a delicious part of nature that all creatures should share. Should... should what? Sharing? Haven't you heard of it? No. Oh. Oh, like, really? Yeah, like, what's a... what's a sharing? It's like this. Let's say you've got some stuff. Like my snoogleberries. Yes, and somebody else wants some. Like you guys. Also, yes. Now, if we ask politely, you'll probably give us some. Why? Because it's nice, that's why. That's called sharing. I don't get it. Well, Mr. Ogre, why don't we sing you a song about it? Oh, I, I don't know about that. I don't think that's well, good. It was a rhetorical question. Guys, hit it. One, two, one, two, three, four. Sharing's really awesome. It's all 
almost is an art. When you share, you get a fuzzy feeling in your heart. And that's not acid reflux, and that's not trichinosis. Sharing makes you feel good from your hair down to your toesis. Hair toesis? Yeah, to your toesis. That's not even a word. You be quiet, Ozamandaya Snuffet, and let me get back to the song. Okay. Sharing is important, and lots of people share. Sharing helps the friendships, even with a bear. A bear? You can't be friends with a bear. They're godless killing machines. You shut up, Ozamandaya Snuffet. I am singing a song. Well, your mother's a drunk. I don't care. Sharing is so awesome. Once your insides open, you can share your feelings or a juice box or a lunch. And that's why you should share. That last part didn't rhyme. So? Well, based on earlier verses which did rhyme, I felt as the. Uh, never mind. You may pick some schnookleberries. Yay! Mmm, those schnoogleberry muffins sure were delicious, Mrs. Crumpet. Why, thank you, Holly. You're very welcome. Why, look, it's Mr. Gundelier. Hello, everybody. I'm afraid it's time to go nearby residence. Let's all head back to Mr. Jeffrey's living room. Oh, well, goodbye, nearby residents. Come back soon. Goodbye. Goodbye, Mr. Gundelier. Happy paddling. Happy paddling. I got blisters on me fingers. Ah, welcome back, nearby residents. I see you had some of Mrs. Crumpet's famous muffins. You've got a little schnoogleberry on your cheek. No, no, there. No, on, on the other side. I mean, I'm indicating to my right, right side to. Uh, it's a mirror. I. Oh, never mind. Would you like to hear a story? I thought you might. Here's my dog, Femur. Femur, do you have a story for us today? You betcha, Mr. Jeffries. I got a great story about a little caterpillar in ancient China. At first, he thinks he's lame, but then he meets the emperor. He learns that the greatest beauty is on the inside in The Ugliest Silkworm by Zhao Li Goldberg. But don't take my word for it. Ba-dum-bum. Chapter 1 Once upon a time, there lived a little silkworm by the name of Gao the Wrigley. He was very ugly. He was so ugly that girl silkworms wouldn't even look at him. He wasn't fat or stupid, but he was always picked last for silkworm ball, even after the dorky kids with glasses. Gal, you're so ugly, the other silkworms would say to him. You're so ugly that our ugly sticks get uglier when we hit you with them. What they didn't realize, though, was that when they said uglier, they really meant broken. One day, Gal was wriggling off alone by himself when a huge hand swooped in and picked him up. It was the emperor, who was very wise, very noble. Gal the Wrigley, said the emperor, you are one ugly silkworm. <sighs> I know, said Gal. I am the ugliest silkworm alive, and it makes me very sad. Cheer up, said the emperor. You may yet have a purpose. Come with me to my palace. Chapter 2. The emperor was worried. For many months, Mongolian hordes were pole vaulting over the Great Wall and invading China. The leader of the Mongolians, Genghis Khan, wanted to take over all the land for himself. He went to the emperor to make a deal. Emperor of China, he had said, I have a proposition. 
let us each choose one champion to represent our sides. The two champions will battle one another in the arena. Whoever's champion wins will get to be ruler of China. The emperor agreed, and so he began his search for the mightiest warrior in the land. He told all this to Gao the Wrigley over tea. But your emperorness, said Gao, wriggling in an especially ugly way, I am no warrior. I am always picked last for silkworm ball. The emperor smiled. And that, Gao the Wrigley, is why you will serve China well. Chapter 3 The day of the fight finally came. Gao was very worried that he would die, or worse, would end up even more horribly disfigured than he already was. Which was a lot. Don't worry, said the emperor. No matter what happens, just do your best, and everything will turn out okay. Besides, if you lose, you'll be dead anyway, so there won't be any time for you to feel bad. Emboldened by this advice, Gao the Wrigley squiggled onto the field. There before him stood his opponent, a huge Mongolian warrior with an axe and a bearskin wallet. The Mongolian was so huge that the wallet was still alive. I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that he had a bear with him, and the bear carried his money while he fought. The Mongolian and Gao squared off. He looked into Gao's eyes, and Gao looked into his. When the emperor gave the command, Gao raced towards the huge warrior. But the Mongolian was so horrified by Gao's hideous countenance that he just threw up right there, tears mixing in with the puke. I give up, he said. My bear and I are going home. You can keep this country and its ugly, ugly caterpillars. Gao was declared the winner. I shake your hand, said the emperor, but you are simply far too ugly. Thanks for saving China, though. You are welcome, said Gao. Gao returned to the silkworm tree. The other silkworms were waiting for him. Hi, you guys, said Gao. I just saved China. Yeah, right, said the other silkworms, and they proceeded to beat him to sleep with their ugly sticks. The end. I, I don't know how I feel about that story, Femur. I don't know how I feel about that story at all. Well, don't take my word for it. But I'm fun. I, I don't think that really applies, Femur. Why don't you go outside to your doghouse? Okay. Bye, nearby residents. Remember, residents, always spay and neuter your pets. Well, uh, that's all the time we have today, nearby residents. I'm just going to take off my cardigan. And hang it up here and say goodbye to you all until next week. So stay safe. And until next time. This is the song that continues indefinitely. And very little rhymes with indefinitely. Somebody thought it would be cute for someone to compose. But it was poorly executed so they were deposed. This is the song that continues indefinitely. And very little rhymes with indefinitely. Somebody thought it would be cute for someone to compose. But it was poorly executed so they were deposed. This is the song that continues indefinitely. You're listening to KWUR Clayton 90.3 FM. This is the Kaywer Theater of the Air, and we'll be right back. After this awesome break of legend.
The support of a friend gives someone dealing with mental illness a greater chance of recovery. For more information, go to whatadifference.org. Brought to you by the Department of Health and Human Services, the Ad Council, and KWUR 90.3 FM. You couldn't see it, listeners, but he was making karate motions throughout that entire segment. Kiai! And don't mess with me, okay? That was Tai Chi. You do not know Tai Chi. You don't know that. Okay. So this is the K-Worth Theater of the Air this week for kids! We're going to blast out some poor fella's eardrums every time we do that. Yep. Do we what? Are. For kids! So, you know. I'm sorry. We, you just, Actually, you just no, heard Mr. Jeffrey's nearby residence, our loving tribute to uh, children's public television. Woohoo! Before that, we had a kid-themed episode of Simon Colt. <laughs> there were kids in it. It's kid-themed. Look, okay. <laughs> you got what it said on the tin. <laughs> it's entirely true. And now, uh, I think it's time to examine the way that children lived in the past. Yes. In an entirely accurate historical recreation that we have put together with the Kaywer Improv Theater of the Air. Yes. So... I think we should play now for you, Peasant School. Do it. Enjoy. All right, children, settle down, settle down. Today we have a lot of things to do. Uh, first of all, we're going to be talking about uh, pitchforks, right? Secondly, children, we're going to be learning a bit of peasant math, followed then short. Yes, you have a question. Yeah, I'm sorry, Teach. I left my pitchfork at home. It's stuck inside my walls. Oh, well, that's all right. Does anyone have a spare pitchfork? I do. He can borrow mine. Thanks. All right, that's very kind of you. Very good. My family's got two pitchforks. Oh, my dad heard the pitchfork at my mum last night, and it got stuck inside my threshold of the door of my bedroom. Well, <clears throat> oh, oh, and here, children, here is our new exchange student that just walked in. Everyone give him a warm welcome. What's your name, Hello. son? My name's Fabergé. Uh, yes, he is from the town uh, two miles south of here in Canterbury. My dad told me not to talk to foreigners. Yeah, I heard you guys drink pig's blood. You're your mom. And your mother. Now, now, children, settle down, settle down. Now, Frank, go ahead and uh, take a seat. Frank Abitrop. Mrs. Right. Slopeworth, he's taking up valuable learning time. You're certainly right. Now, children, we need to settle down. We need to get on to the topic of peasant math. Oh. Hooray! <clears throat> now, when you have one bucket of slop and you add two buckets of pig entrails... What do you get? Oh, 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 it's, oh, it's a family oh, meal. Is yeah, it, that's, what, a family oh, that's meal. what I was going to say. Oh, I got it first. Oh, You're Jesus. right. It is a family meal for about two weeks. All right. Very good, children. We, I knew that. I'm sure you probably did know that, Admond. Um, well, perhaps you can answer this next question. If you have three people searching for the Holy Grail and one of them dies by the hand of a cyclops, mm -hmm. how many more steps do you need to take to get to the castle where the Holy Grail is hidden? Oh, oh I know. This I one. know. Oh, 
Genevieve? Uh, yeah, you have to trot on three more peasants. Exactly. Our children, you've been studying. Very good, very good. It's a lucky guess. Gregor, did you do your homework last night? I haven't heard from you yet. I fed it to the dogs. You fed it to the dogs? Yeah, and then I ate the dogs, so I ate my own homework. Gregor, that's very creative. You have quite the imagination. Mrs. Slopworth, Mrs. Slopworth, we're off track again. You're right, Edmund. Well, oh, children, we took too much time already. Uh, looks like it's time for recess. Do we get to witch hunt today? Yes, you can play what you want to play. Mrs. Slopworth, are you a witch? No, I'm not a witch. I think sure? it's Edmund. I think she's a witch. I'm not a witch. I think it's a new kid. I think it's Frag a new kid. Seven witches. Now, children, go take your games outside. I have to plan for this afternoon where we'll be talking about tomato throwing. Yay! And being subjugated. Aww. So go on then, run outside, go ahead. Go ahead and play. I hate the outdoors. Let's, let's burn the new kid. Hey, new kid. Come on. Yeah, I'm talking to you. Sit down here. All right, all right. Order in the slop. Order in the slop. Recess court now is now in session. All right, Gregor. New kid, you accused of, of, of sipping on pig's blood. I think right. he just confessed. New kid has chosen to conduct his own offense. And fetching him. Frankenstein. And incense. New kid, are you some sort of papist? You cracker muncher? Sure, fine. Incense. And Evan. All right, he's guilty. He's definitely a witch. We've got to burn him. I say we throw tomatoes at him first. All right, we're going to throw... Wait, wait, wait. There's what? not until after recess. Oh, right. admin. We can't preempt. We have to wait. All right, it's settled then. He's guilty. We're going to burn him at the stake. I'll oh, build a fire. Yeah. I've got torches. I'll poke him with a pitchfork. Yeah. Children, stop that! Now, children, children, is this any way to treat our immigrant student? Yes. He's foreign and he smells. You do have a point. Carry on. There's nothing so heartwarming as children's entertainment. Nothing at all. Get it? Heartwarming? Because he was burned at the stake and then his organs exploded? Uh, yes. Is that what happens when you get burned at the stake? Do your organs actually explode? They pop like little grapes. Wow. This is the K-Word Theater of the Year here on KWU... <laughs> I can't even say it. KWUR 90.3 FM Clayton. This for week kids! For kids! Oh, darn it. Sorry. It's okay. I was rushing to get to the, to, to get to the for kids. To get to the what? One, two, three. For, for kids! kids! Yep. We, right. We've had some... We've had some very child-friendly content <laughs> on this installment, I'd say. I, I would agree. And But now it's time to go because uh, Dave and I have an awards dinner to go to. True At fact. least it better be a dinner. I know it's an award. I'm, I'm, I've been nominated for some sort of senior leadership thing for doing this K-Word Theater of the Air Meshigas for two Diagajabum uh, years. Diagajabum. To, to steal from... From the kid that got burnt at the stake. Um, okay, so uh, we'll—I mean, we'll see how it goes. I'll tell you next week whether or not we won anything. Maybe they'll give us some 
placard or a trophy of a guy playing golf that they like stapled some like my misspelled name to. We'll see. Oh, I, I was. Here's what I want. I want a trophy of. Um, I, I want one of those ones that looks like a hood ornament. I want a bottle of whiskey that never runs out. <laughs> what are we going to get? You know, I mean, like, you can wish all you want, son. Simon Colt and the Cry of the Cat this week uh, starred Mike LeFemin, Sasha Diamond, Alice Sheldon, Justin Pieper, Megan Kenny, Eli Basker, and David Reinstrom. Uh, Cry of the Cat was written and directed by Ruben Basker with David Reinstrom producing. The improv theater of uh, the air is Jesse Markowitz, Laura Castagnon, Alex Jensen, David Brunel Brutman, and Melissa Dugin. Our child labor safety supervisor on the K-Ware Theater of the Air this week was John Pierpont Morgan. Our lead paint taste tester was Gene Simmons. And our candy bar razor blade specialist was Carl Rove. That's it. All of them very good at their jobs. All of them very good at their jobs. All right, take us home, D. Have a good week, listeners. Wait, 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 wait. We should do, we should do acceptance speeches and then get cut off by the music. I would like to thank. I think that's so already occurring. Oh, is that what's happening? No, wait, wait. I'm, I'm the whale.